hold me like the river Jordan. And I will then say to thee, something, you are my friend. But they told me a man must be faithful and walk with not able. <laughs> In fact, to the end, but I'm only human. Hey guys, welcome to the kids' table. This week we're watching Free Willy from 1993. The summary is as follows. Two worlds separated by water and land come together in this heartwarming adventure about the friendship between a troubled young boy and an orca whale. Warner Brothers proudly presents... Where's Free Willy? He's got family out there, I heard him. The most unexpected friendship of the year. I gotta look out for Willy and I gotta do what's best for him. Understand? If we don't get Willie into water soon, he's gonna die. Nobody steals a whale. We gotta hurry! He's not doing so good! Don't let that whale get away! Go, Willie, go! The greatest adventure of the summer. Free Willie. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the kids' table! I'm Kendra. And ahoy, it's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and we're uh, doing Free Willy today. Yes, Free Willy um, from 1993. And it's a movie about a boy and a whale. For some reason, I assume like 90% of America of a certain age has seen the movie. I had not. And um, a little, <laughs> a little, a little backstory. Um, Matt watched this movie about two weeks ago, and he told me that he had started watching it. And he said, "Hey, did you know that Free Willy is about an orphan boy?" And I was like, "Oh, does he get adopted by the whale?" <laughs> which is, yes. Which is about how much I knew about Free Willy. Oh, you, I mean, that might be a, that. That's an interesting movie. That sounds more like a cartoon. Probably, yes. And it probably has mermaids in it, which I might have enjoyed more. And Willie would talk or something. Or like they, they you know, like the like whale noises would like sort of have <laughs> subtitles or something. And he'd have, you know, I'm writing a cool movie, actually. I'm going to stop talking because I want to flush it out. That's that's fine. Um, it, your whale sounds like a cat. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a really a fart. pinched <laughs> fart. Yeah, <laughs> whales are beautiful sounding, and that sounded like a fart. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're off to a good start. Yeah, this is going to be a struggle episode. I apologize, oh, guys. No, 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 no. Full confidence, full hearts, clear, clear eyes. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. Yeah, okay. There you go. So yeah, this movie surprised me right off the bat. Um, I have seen it a bunch of times as a kid. I really like it. Um, I still pretty much like it. Um, but I forgot that he was homeless and that that was, like, a huge part of, like, his story. Yeah, I, it, it got resolved, kind of. I mean, I... Yeah, well, like, it's... I mean, he gets adopted and stuff, I guess. I was just... Wait... Uh, sorry. Let me back up. I feel like the entire time I was waiting for the other homeless kids in his band to come and, like, do something terrible to the whale. But mm. that's besides... We'll get there, I guess. We'll get there. I just forgot. I just forgot. He's like basically. It opens with pods of orca whales swimming around the Pacific Northwest and getting captured. Hard cut to 
the marina, like SeaWorld area, and there's these like ragamuffin like Let's not call this place SeaWorld. Let's call <laughs> this what it was, a carny show. Yeah. This was a carny show. <laughs> carny marina on a rickety dock in Oregon, I think. Yeah, I think so. And uh they're sort of like they're panhandling for money and he's he's like a homeless child. Yeah, but this movie like this was like 90s homelessness. This was like fun homelessness. But this was also 90s child children's movie homeless. I, yeah, so it looked really fun. Like, they were skateboarding, they were yeah. eating all the cake they wanted. They kept, they stole cake from a catering company, they duped stupid adults out of their money by saying that they were going to some, they, they, they needed fare to get back to their school. Yeah, this was like... It was fun. Yeah, you know, homeless, not so bad. Not like proper Pacific Northwest homeless. Where, like, the ravages of drugs would, like, have definitely affected most of these kids. <laughs> like, these, these children were not on meth. No. Or heroin, which oh. I think was the big one. Oh, was that? It's always the big one, isn't uh, it? Is, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, y'all just didn't want to admit it, but white people have always loved heroin. Hey, we're stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dying. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, like, hang out. They have a pretty idyllic life for the most part except for the fact that they are living underneath a bridge in like basically what looks like a stock set for homelessness like flaming garbage can yeah like little overhang it's somewhere between like the warriors and homelessness they look they all look pretty much like they're up to date with all current 90s children fashion oh totally like they're cool they are dressed like to the equivalent not sure if you guys will actually ever hear this episode, but we did watch Man of the House, and they are dressed exactly like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who was living in the exact same environment in 1995, but in a home. Yeah, he lived in Seattle. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure part of this movie is filmed in Seattle. I th- I'm pretty sure Pike's, Pike's Market is a setting. The throwing of the fish oh, and okay. stuff. Cool. Uh, I don't get out of the East Coast much. That's all right, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so homelessness uh the kid is homeless he has a social worker though who he's a ward of the state right right um and while being a ward of the state he does some vandalizing of an orca tank as you do the glass is cool to spray paint it's a cool new surface i guess at the carny orca i just yeah Uh, well, there's nothing really complicated about it. No, they no. They broke into something. It was the marina. Yes. Carney Circus SeaWorld knockoff. Yep. And they uh, they spray paint it. They did. What was interesting to me was that, so he gets caught doing the spray painting. He goes to the social worker and he, you know, his punishment is to go work at the marina to help clean up the mess that he created. What kills me is the fact that this marina was willing to leave up that mess long enough for the kid to come back and clean it up. I feel like that would have really just, that would have detracted visitors. That doesn't make sense to me. I got the impression though, sorry to shit on this, that no one was going to the, like the orca was, it was, it's, it's Willie's tank guys. It's Willie's tank that he, uh, right. sorry. Yeah. Did we not? That he, uh, desecrates. But I mean, my impression was that Willie is a recalcitrant sort of moody whale that won't well, do any performances. I'd be fucking, recalcitrant too if i was yanked out of the ocean and put into the world's smallest swimming pool i like the counterfactual like sort of a view as a whale (laughs) 
I mean, if I was an orca whale and I was dragged out of the ocean and put in a very small tank, I would be recalcitrant. I mean, listen, there is an Animorphs cover, I believe, where Cassie turns into either a dolphin or a whale. I think it's a dolphin. That's book four. She turns into... (laughs) Sorry. The Animorphs turned into other animals along the way. Yeah. I didn't the yurks. That's all the other, only other thing I remember. I mean, that's fair, but no, they could turn into any animal that they could touch. And Cassie's oh, sick. Yeah, Cassie's mom worked at another carny zoo. At least it seemed like a carny zoo because they were always breaking into it. Um, point being, I have imagined being a whale many times in my <laughs> childhood. <laughs> because I do. Cassie did it. <laughs> way, I've I've definitely pet a dolphin before, but like way before that ever happened, the desire to like pet the weird rubbery skin of mm-hmm. whales and dolphins was something that I remember like very viscerally feeling. Huh. And and Free Willy definitely like elicited those emotions when he's like petting his nose and stuff. Oh, I think I was over that by this age only because we like went to Club Med every year and so I would do the whole swimming with dolphins oh thing. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I would summer in Turks and Caicos and, uh, St. Lucia, fuck you. Oh, whoops. Sorry. (laughs) Too low class. The Turks and Caicos reference, I guess. Um, and I would stand one foot on each dolphin and then (laughs) they would sort of drive me around like self-propelled water skis. I was an Esther Williams. (laughs) And I ate a sundae with gold, uh, shaving flakes on it. And meanwhile, public pool for Matt. There were no orcas in your public pool <laughs> in like, New Jersey. I'm like upper middle class. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's a very nice public pool. Um, the protagonist is a young 90s child <laughs> named Jason James Richter with a solid 90, 1993 sort of like mullet. That's the actor, by the way. The actor's name is Jason James Richter. He He's, plays a character named Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. Um yeah, nice, like, Tim Allen sort of mullet thing going on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as everyone had back then. Yeah. But it's weird because, uh, so he gets in trouble for vandalizing Willie's tank. He is put to work um, scrubbing the graffiti off of the tank simultaneously, simultaneously while being paired with a foster family. Yes. And, uh, and so his, his world changes, like, really rapidly. Yeah, he gets installed in in this house and is given the nicest bedroom I've seen in quite some time. Beautiful view of the Pacific. Yeah. Um, lovely family. They seem to they seem to care. The perfect family and yeah. it, it, in probably nice home. I yeah. think he's just like an auto mechanic. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know what Jane Atkinson's character did. Uh, they're the Greenwoods. Yeah. Um, Michael Madsen, though, is the dad. <laughs> And, this um, really means something to Matt. He's been talking about this. I think, come on, guys. It means something to most of you, I would assume. Michael Madsen. Most of the um, adult actors in this movie, um, I have way stronger associations through kind of strange uh, indie movies or like sort of off-color roles. Or Point Break, where he just really liked Lori Petty. Yeah, but okay, so Lori Petty is the, is, uh, I forget her name, Ray, I think. Ray, yeah. She's like one of the like female um, animal trainers, uh, who is Willie's trainer, uh, played by Lori Petty. But um, the first thing I ever saw her in was Tank Girl, which is like the adaptation of that like 80s comic book. And then, yeah, Point Break, where she's sexy surfer lady. And she kind of, Pulls that off again with a nice toned midriff exposed for most of the film. <laughs> Michael Madsen, obviously, I have no words. Michael Madsen is like 
he's always Michael Madsen in every movie. Squinty-eyed and husky-voiced. I guess. I guess I just haven't seen enough Michael Madsen movies to really be drawing these... Uh, these associations and conclusions. He's he's from, I mean, obviously, most of you would know, he's from Reservoir Dogs. He's the dude who uh, cuts the ear off of uh, Tim Roth's character. Oh, I got, yeah, I've seen that. Um, yeah, and then um, the main villain, whose name is Dial. <laughs> His name was Dial? Yeah, the, uh, the owner of the dock, who later becomes kind of the antagonist, uh, was played by uh, Michael Ironside, who I actually, I, uh... He's most associated in my mind with the instructor and sort of general from the movie Starship Troopers, and he has, like, a stump. Another movie I did not see. He lost his arm, like, in, the, in a war against the bugs, and he has, like, this, like, gnarled stump that he flops around. That's not the Scientology one, is it? Uh, no, that's, like, the, like, that's a uh, Verhoeven adaptation of a Robert Heinlein book where he sort of reappropriates Heinlein's super conservative pro-military stance and, like, satirizes it okay so it's not the aliens coming and giving us religion one that's that's stranger in a strange land right battlefield earth oh no that's uh elrond oh yeah you're right the yeah. scientology no, yeah. no 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 okay. it's not it's not sorry holy shit anyway <laughs> i haven't seen a lot of movies and i need a lot of clarifications oh my god the work i have to put in i mean you Let's just remember that Matt didn't know the song The Boy Is Mine by Monica and Brandy. I thought it was The Girl Is Mine by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. (laughs) It's not the same song. Very similar title, different Very different songs. Oh my God. I know. Anyway. um, Yeah, so he, the kid Jesse, is installed in this foster home. uh, But of course, he doesn't instantly become the all-American kid that this family would want him to be. He runs away to the marina. Um, doesn't he? You're giving me a look like maybe he doesn't run away to the marina. He gets adopted, He and, and then he's put to work. Right. So... There's, I, there's a part where he's at the marina playing his jail harmonica. <laughs> right. And he plays a lot of harmonica. He he's plays, kind of like a... Like a, like a, a Railroad bum a little bit. Yeah, he's like a vagabond yeah. with a bindle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I remember, like, <clears throat> I work with kids on a, on a daily basis, and there's actually nothing more annoying than a child who has been given a harmonica, because no child can actually play the harmonica. No one can play the harmonica, aside how from common, Stevie Wonder. How common a problem is that? Oh, it's a huge problem. Also Blues Traveler. Okay, and Blues Traveler. Stevie Wonder and Blues Traveler. <laughs> and this child, Jesse, in this movie... I I've just never seen a child who can actually play a harmonica. I feel like they just like couldn't think like cuz isn't it just gets tossed or did his he's abandoned by his mom. That's like basically his backstory from at birth his, his mom's just an absent mom. Yeah. Who drives to California? Uh did she give it to him? Why does he have one? I think he just I, kids just have harmonicas. He's just a hobo kid. No, but kids are given harmonicas. What I wasn't? Okay, your parents didn't love you. The fuck, man! I didn't know this. This, this, did guys? I feel like I always had a harmonica. <laughs> Are you, you had a lot of things. They like sold them at the local like weird toy store at Scribner's, with the mood rings and the Pokemon cards. Mm, I had uh, those other things. <laughs> it's, point being, it's not weird to me that this kid had a harmonica. It's just weird to me that he knew how to play it. And Michael Madsen's trying really hard to like. You know, I don't know what the deal is with them. Maybe she's barren. Maybe he's impotent. Doesn't seem like 
like why you know why else uh because otherwise they're like you know they're, they're the perfect parents they're like really like michael madsen is like he's like hey kid you know you want to you want to throw the ball like he has like that kind of like sort of bruce willis <laughs> Like sort of, he's like a mechanic. He's uh, he's the appropriate appropriate like mixture of like um, alpha male with like a, a gentleness to him. Yes, and squinty squinty eyes. Good, good parenting is squinty eyes and being able to throw a baseball. He's like a classic good male figure in a good old American movie. Let's just classify that this is all speaking in a '90s terms. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> keep in mind that we've regressed to the 90s, right. and we're speaking within the 90s. The gender binary of the early 90s pop culture. Right, and also the sort of, like, uh, 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 racial awareness of the 90s is also something. Oh, boy. Yeah. Kendra has a lot of fun with it. There is a token Native American character well, that was my, in I, this movie. I couldn't figure out whether he was a token... Native American character. Like, I couldn't figure out how offended I needed to be with this character because sometimes he would veer, he would veer into that sort of, I'm telling you the stories of my tribe. Yes. Area where, like, I really thought we weren't going to get through this movie without Jesse being given, like, some sort of fake Native American name. Right. Like, I really thought that that was where this was leading to. And then I was really pleasantly surprised where it didn't, um, when it didn't. I, I think he's fine. Like, I, I really need to read people more educated than... Mm. There's not I'm been, innately unable to no, tell, so you have to tell me. Yeah, I mean, there I there's a lack of scholarly work on the Free Willy movies, and I think that there someone needs to really tackle this subject. Well, no, we're going to be cited next time someone dives deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get it? Because well, of uh, water themes in the movie. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. But the, yeah... I, the na- um the Native American character's name is Randolph, and he works. I actually don't know what his job is at the Carney Marina. He's like general animal whisperer because he's Native American, I like mean, yeah, sort of kind like caretaker. Of. Like th- th- there's 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 the kind of okay. I guess Man of the House again being referenced. Right. It seems like in the Pacific Northwest setting for 90s movies. You always had to have a Native American. Like the progressive thing it seemed to be was to have Native people in your film. But then, you know, obviously it was so ham-fisted because it was the early 90s. You had to still give them markers that made them typically or like stereotypically Native American so that the general viewing audience wouldn't be confused. So like this guy was fairly, I don't want to say normal, but he was like fairly, you know, un, what is the word that I'm looking for? Archetypal? Yeah, non-archetypal until then he would start talking about like, I, I don't, I didn't, again, didn't do the research enough to know if, if there was any, any sort of cultural truth or weight to that assessment of his, you know, his culture, but like he's um, from the Haida tribe, the Pacific Northwest tribe. Um, there is like that moment when, like, okay, so you know Jesse going going in to like start his job, cleaning the tanks, has to meet with Randolph and like goes into his like kind of badass bachelor hut on the water, but it's definitely filled with like dream catchers, and, yes, like, totems, and carved like yeah, carved yeah. orca, <laughs> like, right, and like an eagle 
screams silently sort of in the back, like really quietly in the background. And yeah, the wind rustles through his hand carved chimes. And he also kind of has that calm, measured voice that I feel like every male native character up until maybe like 2000 had to speak with. In yeah. every movie and television show that they appeared in. That was another sort of, like, signaling thing. Like, people wouldn't register you as Native American if you weren't, like, we had to go out yeah. and serve our own people's needs. Yep. So, yeah. Totally. So he sounded like that a little bit. Yeah, the entire time. It was, it, I don't know. It's weird. But, okay, the turning point is, and this is... I like these stories, and this might be why I liked this movie. This movie was sort of like across the board in 2016. It seems to be um, remembered by a lot of people. Everyone kind of remembers the like, you know, the whale going over the barrier. But like, it's got it's got like a solid like for, forget about me rating. It's like a 50 to 60 percent across most you know media outlets that like rate things online. Yeah, I I don't really find, like, I watched this movie this morning, and I'm not finding a lot of it to be super memorable. But which, it does, but at that last moment. Well, when, yeah, no, no, and that's the moment, that last moment of the whale jumping over the rocks and the kid is the most memorable thing from this movie. Okay, but you tell me what's, like, like aside from the things that you were, like, wildly offended at, like, blank check, like, what what's, like, tell me, like, the defining moment of blank check. <laughs> um... <laughs> Gotcha. Okay, I don't have a defining moment of Blank Jack. But I, like, have more emotion surrounding Blank Jack than I think I ever will surrounding Free Willy. But is that just lack of prior exposure thing? That could be. It could be lack, yeah. But, well, I don't have a complete lack of prior exposure to this movie. Like, I, so we, does it, do, I guess we should, I mean, at the end of the movie, the people who own the car- the weird carny marina try to kill the whale to collect the insurance money on the whale. Um, so they so Jesse and Randolph and the hot trainer that's Ray Ray they steal the whale and like free it into the ocean. Which I guess we can talk about this later how that doesn't always work. Um, yeah. Yes. But so that's when you get that really powerful image of the whale jumping over the thing and over the child, which, God, if that whale had fallen on that child, that would have been terrible. But they were too tight. They, he knew. Jesse knew that Willie would never do that. Sure, Jesse knew that Willie would defy gravity. Oh, okay. But... Don't be one of these people. Uh, yeah, okay. But the, so, the whale couldn't get over the barrier. It's too... It doesn't make sense. Let's get the Mythbusters out. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, Point being, when that scene happened, I was really expecting to hear the Michael ja- Michael Jackson song just start playing. Because mm. m- my brain over the over the years has conditioned me to believe that that song is an integral part of this movie. Right, the jumping over. Yes, which is on the cover of the stoop the VHS. Right, and then Michael Jackson's song at the very end. Yes. Those are two things that even if you haven't seen the movie, you know about. Yes, which to me is. The signals a, a good movie, or at least a memorable, culturally impactful movie. I mean, I think it signals Michael Jackson deign to bless you with a song for your Hold movie. Hold on, we have, to, we have to go back, because yes. we're at the end. This movie is in the tradition, I think, of other movies that I, I, I'm always a sucker for. Okay. Which is the, the, the child creating a bond with an animal movie. See, I hate these movies. Oh my god. 
This is good. No, this is good. Yeah. Guys, we're going to get some good content out of our disagreement. I think, like, I've actually actively been... So my question is, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) What is beating in place of a normal human heart? Okay. I am not... I don't, I don't know. I just, I've been actively avoiding doing the animal movies for this podcast. And like, I know that we have a lot coming up. Like there's Homeward Bound, there's the Beethoven series, there's mm-hmm. some air buds and shit in there. I. Is Fly Away Home part of that? Cause yes, I was gonna, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, whenever I see these, I'm kind of just like, go get human friends. Oh my God. That's not a good argument. I'm not, I'm just saying this is how I feel. I have never had a bond with an animal like this. I, I, I thought you, ro- you rode horses. Yeah. Why well, didn't you have like a b- b- black beauty? Because I wasn't a horse girl. I wrote like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a category of girl. Horse girl? Horse girl. That is a deep category of girl. Equestrian and? Well, no, that's the thing. Most of them didn't, never actually rode horses. They just were like obsessed with the idea of owning a horse. Ah, uh, it's like the, it's like the, like, wish for, like, you just want it, but yeah. the reality would ruin it. Exactly. I actually, there's, a, I'm not going to say names, but there is a girl that I went to elementary school with. She's the reason that I started riding horses, because she used to take horseback riding lessons, and all she wanted was to own a horse. So I, we're all in our late 20s now, and she lives down, it's somewhere in South Jersey, and she bought herself a horse, finally, in her late 20s. She saved up her money and got herself one. And that alone would have been fine, except... She then threw a birthday party for the horse. It was a Disney princess themed birthday party with Sounds like Sounds pretty great so far. with banners and mm-hmm. like a cupcake and like all of these things. She posted pictures of all of this on Facebook and all of that would have been fine except for the fact that she was the only one who attended. Oh, nice. <laughs> mm, Schadenfreude. <laughs> Schadenfreude. It's just that's what a horse girl is in my brain. Someone with no friends, like a big stupid dork who spent <laughs> thousands of dollars on a horse, and then no one came to thank you know to celebrate her accomplishment. These are Matt's words, not mine. If you, I, I think you find if you read between the lines, <laughs> those are Kendra's words. Okay. <laughs> point being, yes, I rode horses as a kid, but. I I don't know. I like my horse's name was Quantrell, and I loved Quantrell. But sorry, <laughs> I don't know if we're, we need to talk about Free Willy. I think right. Yeah, but I'm no. What I'm saying is oh, oh, okay. I didn't have like this weird bond that really I had human friends. Hmm. I guess I also didn't have dogs or cats growing up. Ah, uh, I had snakes. <laughs> Did you like any of those snakes a lot? Yeah, I love my snakes. All right. Uh, but again, not as a replacement for my human friends. I actually didn't have too many beloved pets until I was in my like teen years. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, it, it's still, I don't know why, but it's always like the alienated kid, mm-hmm. like having a hard time fitting in or like going through some sort of emotional trauma or process, uh, finding companionship in an animal. I liked Fly Away Home. I, uh, I really liked a movie called, in the, from the, I think the 70s or 80s, called Kess, where this, like, little poor British boy, like, befriends a kestrel, like a, a hawk. <laughs> okay. And it's actually, like, extremely heartbreaking and very bleak. Um, like the British? Well, yeah, I mean, that was the era of, like, it was, like, an in- 
gray industrial British town and this kid was dirt poor and and then this bird. Uh, I don't know. It, it, that, that stuff always gets me. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I think that it, you feel about children and animals the way that I feel about children getting getting bullied in any kind of way. Like, that is... Right, irrational. Yes. Yeah, that, that is the, the genre of movie that tugs on my heartstrings. <laughs> and also, I believe that Free Willy, uh, Willy the Whale, uh, is a sort of metaphor uh, <laughs> for uh, Jesse's own sort of uh, captive moody anger and uh and and feeling of of captivity in his foster home and 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 his desire to be free and get with a family because willie wants to go with his family Mm -hmm. and 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 you sort of you get the cathartic moment where they're connected and that's finally when jesse purges all of his neuroses about his mom and and embraces the greenbergs that's my like armchair psychologizing okay jesse that's fair. That's fair. Though, in apparently, in the sequel, the mom comes back. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just ruined it for you. Uh, Jason James Richter. Stupid name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fake name. Way to bring it back. Um, he, he's, he's in it for all three. He was in it for the long haul. I don't think that was contractual. Uh, I thought about this like four I, hours ago. No, I think that's called college money. Oh, dope. Yeah. No, get it. Get get it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But um, he's in all he's in the free willogy, (laughs) which full disclosure, I thought of like five hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he's in the willogy. Is that is that akin to the Willennium? Yes, very much so. Okay. It's some kind of, you know, scholars will get that confused. Um, He's in it for the long haul, but I, I, he's, I haven't seen the other two. I'm assuming he's just the most adorable and least forced in this one. Probably, because the next ones deal with him in his um, teen years. So that instantly just gets less cute. Yeah, for really two, he's in a speedboat just chasing down pussy hard. <laughs> and his da- Holy shit, you need context for that. <laughs> and his dad is just trying to get him to be interested in, like, marine life or something. And he's like, shut up, dad girls and bikinis he's saying things that i can't <laughs> give you context for because i have pulled away from that wikipedia page entirely that's fine i'm just giving you a sort of rough outline of free willy 2 i no 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 yes <laughs> <laughs> um wait okay the sentence that matt is referring to in the summary of free willy is jesse oh Glenn has been trying to teach Jesse to drive their motorboat, but Jesse is more interested in women. Ah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Sounds basically like what I was saying. I'm trying to spice it up. Okay, Donald Trump. Oh my god, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. We're not going to get political. No. Um so <laughs> anyway, okay. anyway, I'm going to we're going to take a quick break. We're going to give Matt some time to wash his mouth out with soap. We're going to come back. It's going to be better on the second end. This is political correctness run amok. I'm <laughs> so sorry. You've been listening to the kids table. We'll be back with more free willy. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing on this episode of The Kids Table, remember you can send us questions and comments at kidstablepod at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at kidstablecast. Um, We want to hear from you. If you have any weird 
I just lost that. That's all right. Hey guys, <laughs> you're our friends. And if you want to feel like we're your friends, communicate through us. And through us? For us. <laughs> God <laughs> fucking damn it. And I will then say to thee, you were my friend. Carry me like you were my brother. Love me like a mother. Will you be there? Yeah. And I've decided that maybe I just don't like gentle sweetness, which is how Roger Ebert des- described this movie in his 93 review. And I recently read <laughs> this New York Times review from 93, and uh, it says, the right away, it says, Free Willy is a sweet-natured boy in his orca tail for the very young and possibly for their parents, or at least for those graying fans of Flipper. Uh, that's a bad sentence. That's and a terrible sentence. And it actually keeps going on. He did it, not read the whole sentence. I didn't... Who are ready to graduate from dolphins to cuddly 7,000-pound killer whales. Uh, right. There's not a genre called sweet-natured boy in his orca. No. Like, which is what they assume. Not um, at all. But, you know, this person liked it, I guess. Yeah. Um, Ebert points out an interesting thing. Um, it says that the movie is smart enough to hold... I'm sorry, let me... Oh, yes. The movie is sure to be appealing to younger viewers. They may find it more accessible and certainly less frightening than Jurassic Park. I think in 1993, I was going to be more of a Jurassic Park person. Well, I was more of a Jurassic Park person. Yeah. But that's because I craved uh, a little more violence. Right. Yeah, I don't And also dino- things I couldn't see. I was obsessed with dinosaurs at that point. Totally. I had a shark phase which included killer whales because they were carnivorous, um cool like apex predators. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, I I obviously chose like any normal adjusted well-functioning <laughs> young boy or girl. <laughs> I chose Jurassic Park as the like more badass film. Yeah, I just I can't really see myself being into maybe that's why my parents didn't take me to see this cuz I feel I do feel like a lot of my friends saw this movie and I just didn't and me seeing things really depended on both respectability politics and the mood that my mother was in at any given time and whether or not she thought the content would annoy her. Um, but I think maybe I just didn't get to see this because I wouldn't have been into it and they knew that. You think your parents read you well enough to know even at that young age that you didn't like gentle kindness? Yeah. I think gentle sweetness, gentle sweetness. I'm sorry. I mean, I think that was, I mean, I was obsessed with Peter Pan at this point in my life and I was obsessed with Captain Hook, not Peter Pan. Well, I liked this movie as a child as well. I, I remember not seeing it in theaters, but renting it. And then, like, uh, I, for whatever reason, I really liked the setting of the Pacific Northwest. Well, you go there all the time. I that do not. Makes sense. And I, had, I hadn't been there until, like, a couple years ago anyway. Yeah. And I lived in suburban New Jersey. Well, what I'm saying is obviously something about that appealed to you even at a very young age. Yeah, all the pine trees and coastline, the Goonies was, like, pretty cool. Mm. And, uh... You know, uh, 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 I liked Man of the House for that reason. <laughs> I liked Seattle, how it looked and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he liked so, heroin, as we've already discussed. Yeah, I do. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or just sort of like uh, oral oral narcotics. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
But, you know, that's something that Jesse didn't get into because he found the nice, healthy outlet of okay. Animal Trainer. Which, and the movie never quite addresses the um, insurance logistics of having a 10-year-old be an orca trainer. Yeah, I think, like, they really accepted his natural ability to uh, sort of vibe with Willie <laughs> and didn't really think about the fact that the animals are incredibly intelligent, like kind of erratic and could eat him. Yeah, um, actually at this point when the movie had come out, I think Tilikum, uh, who is a captive killer whale, had already killed his first victim. How many, what's the what's the body count for Tilikum at this point? Um, Tilikum has killed three people at least. Well, that's me... pretty low. I thought it was high. We no. didn't, we've ne- neither of us have seen Blackfish, which we are thinking is maybe to our detriment. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, we should have pointed that out at the beginning. We actually don't have the uh, the baggage that comes. Right. We haven't, we haven't had, yeah, our, our innocence shattered. Yeah. Uh, Tilikum has killed three people and Wikipedia helpfully separates them into first death, second death, <laughs> and third <laughs> death. <laughs> and the triumvirate is complete and Tilikum will ascend. Yeah. So Tilikum uh, killed his first victim in 1991. So two years before uh, Free Willy came out. So I, I wonder if that was, like, publicized at all. Like, did people know that Tilikum was out there murdering bitches? Tilikum's killing on a pretty regular <laughs> schedule. Um, <laughs> it looks like good 10-year increments in between, or give or, give or take. Yeah. Um, Tilikum good. still performs, by the way. <laughs> they just gotta really get that trainer good. They gotta get that right trainer, not the one that he wants to eat so much. Yeah, I just... I. Obviously, like I am not, I'm, I'm not really an animal rights person, uh, or like, well, I am, and I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I don't believe in animal abuse, but I'm also not like a crazy PETA person. I don't believe um, in animal abuse either. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel comfortable strongly stating that. Right, but I just feel like if Tilikum was killing people, he definitely shouldn't have been killed. More but- like Killicum. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, no. Tilikum definitely, like, shouldn't have been put down, but, you know, maybe take him out of performing commission and let him just live his life elsewhere. Willie is more of an existentialist whale, though. He's, like, sitting there <laughs> pining for family, feeling alienated, and not wanting to perform. Totally. And, I mean, to be to be fair to Willie, uh, he does save Jesse from drowning at one point during the movie, so he's not a, a killing He's not a killing orca. killer whale. Uh, Are we so like? I feel like I always hear them. Is that not PC? Them, no, but I always. <laughs> I feel like I always hear them referred to as orcas now instead of killer whales. I'm wondering if that was like a stigma thing. It's a rebranding for sure. Like, yeah. like I, I think they were con- like wolves or something. You know, like we're trying to like repopulate their environment with them, and 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 to call them killer whales is kind of. Uh, totally. Not helping. Totally. Are they still on the endangered species list? Let's. Just quickly double check that. I think the name of the actual animal actor in Free Willy is Kiko? Keiko. Keiko. Keiko um, the whale. Yeah, Keiko the whale, who died of pneumonia, which is a thing that I didn't know right, right. orcas could get. Very human sounding. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they are, they're related to dolphins, another thing that I only learned 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. Which means that they're highly intelligent. So they're kind of humanish. They also, I mean, like, part of the trepidation in watching the movie and the reservation for liking it is 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 that fact. We have, like, a, like megafauna, like a, yeah. like a huge animal, and I'm very, very now concerned 
about its well-being, and that collapsed fin syndrome always bums me out. It's so weird, yeah, because apparently the cartil- the theory is that the cartilage doesn't develop the same way in captivity that it does in the ocean, and that's the cartilage necessary to hold up that part of the fin. Right, yeah. And so that's just sad that, like, a whole part of the body just kind of is missing. But not only is it, like, a, an ailment in captivity, but it just... It just physically looks sad. It's like a yeah. signal of like impotence it, and depression. It's, it's just like antenna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then poor old Keiko here has like bacterial induced lesions under her oh, fins yeah. too, which you, you can see. see in the movie when yeah. they're using the real whale. Yeah. Um, which is just really sad to look at because it kind of just looks like it's been whipped a little bit. Right, or it has like athlete's foot. Yeah. Giant fin athlete's foot. <laughs> so it's just. Yeah, it's it's sad to watch this whale being forced to do, like, barrel roll tricks. Yeah, and wave its fin around, and, yeah. and, and it's smart, and it's, and it's like a, it's like a apex predator, so it's, like, top of the food chain in its natural environment, but it's, like, this, like, clown. Right. And, like, it's being, f- he's being fed these tiny, tiny fish during the whole movie that look like they're not really going to sustain this huge three-ton creature. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, Jesse becomes its friend. Yeah. Willie's friend. And they they, they, uh, they form a bond. And it turns out that Jesse is the only human that Willie will listen to. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a montage of him, like, training Willie. Yeah, a montage that's supposed to look, like, really majestic. And they try to go into slow motion and make it look very triumphant and everything. And it yeah. really doesn't. It's just a slow motion shot of a child running around. Of marina pool. Yeah, going, yeah! Ha ha, Willie! <laughs> it's, it's not filmmaking's greatest achievement. It's not a dynamic film. It's not... No. You're not watching it for the cinematography. Oh, I'm definitely not. I mean, it, it's directed by a man named Simon Winsor, who also in the 90s did the classic The Phantom, which if you've seen that, you I know that not. directorial skills are not really his Oh, point. The Phantom, damn. Yeah, with uh, Billy Zane. And then Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> which we all remember as well with equal clarity. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, I mean, these aren't, he, this is not a well-directed film, I would say. But the point, okay, so Jesse is training Willie. It turns out that Willie will listen to Jesse and therefore uh, the sort of money hemorrhaging like money pit that is Willie at this point to the owner of the marina. Um, there's this glimmer of hope that now they can finally put on a show where Willie will perform. Yes, which I mean, and I don't really understand why he was such a money pit considering that they just grabbed him out of the ocean. They already had the tank, which we know because they keep arguing to build him a larger one. They've just put him in another tank that isn't sufficient for him at all. Um, so I don't know where all this money is going. Because also, they're not giving Jesse petty cash to buy <laughs> the fish that he's feeding him. He's either stealing it or having to pay for it himself. I think he's like sort of lovably... He's like a little lovable scamp, and he like talks into himself into getting like some chum fish or something. Right, but point being, they do not appear to be spending money on this whale at all. No, actually, in the in the um, New York Times review, they there's a quote from the film, uh, spoken by uh, Michael Ironside, the villain, his assistant, where he says, uh, ah, "It'll take at least a hundred thousand to expand that psychotic malcontent's playpen." 
Those are big words for a PG children's movie. Michael Ironside, by the way, uh, I, 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 you know, I could learn this myself, but like he has a villain's face. I don't think he's ever played a good guy in his entire life. You you have those actors like that. It's kind of like, um, oh, oh, what is his, uh, James Rebhorn, rest in peace. Um, another villainy face from what? Sorry. Um, James Rebhorn, you'll always see him sitting in like the situation room next to the president in movies like, uh, Independence Day or, Oh yeah. 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 Like he's just always the, you know, the probably Republican evil (laughs) dude who wants to succumb to the aliens. Well, in this film, Michael Ironside is like the kind of shitty investment venture capitalist. Right? I mean, like, he's kind of, like, invested money in this whale in the hopes that it would create a, a show that he could get profit from in his dumpy little marina in Oregon. But yeah. but Willie won't perform. And then uh, Jesse tries to get Willie to perform uh, after some training montage. And then Willie doesn't want to do it because he's kind of, like, gun-shy. Like, there's a lot of Well, there's, like, kids just banging on his cage. Yeah, it's shitty. There's a lot of people around. Willie freaks out and won't do it. And that's when Michael Ironside decides that uh, he's going to kill the whale. Yeah, because if you, it's sort of like when husbands kill their wives after taking out a giant insurance policy. That's basically what he decides to do to the whale. And Willie's worth a cool million. Yes. Yeah. Which almost seems low for an orca. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Adjusted for 93? Eh, maybe. I mean, yeah. It just it just seems like a little bit of money, um, but yeah. So the, I mean, that's when they free the whale. I I don't know why this movie is just so like the plot is so basic. It's not bad by any means. Like it's a perfectly fine movie. I just found it not exciting. Like I'm fine. It's, I will again direct you to any other childhood film that we are going to review or have reviewed. The Prince of Egypt was so exciting. Yeah. The- Prince of Egypt, pretty great and untouchable. <laughs> and at least, at least, like with movies like Ladybugs, like they're so bad that they're bad enough to elicit emotion within me that like lets me talk about it for hours. Jesse does say "I love you" to the whale a ton. I I want to "I love you" count because he says it a lot to the point where like even I started to notice <laughs> and get a little bit disturbed. Like, <laughs> I love you. I love you, Willie. My disturbing, and this is a my disturbing thing, and, like, this is a trend that I'm noticing with a lot of the movies that we're watching, was just how, like, casually the adults ask these young boys about their love lives. Like, when she, when one of them... Someone asks Jesse? Yeah, someone asks him, like, do you have a girlfriend yet? And also... Is it Ray? Yeah, I think so. Because there's always a a strange preponderance of adult-on-child sexual attraction in kids' movies. Ray just, like, also was touching him a lot in a way that I feel like you don't see now. Yeah, he's at midriff height, so he's just looking at that... That taut tummy. Her hands were always, <laughs> her hands were always like wrapped around his shoulders or like in his hair. It just like, and I know it was just supposed to be like familial friendship way, but it's just one of those things that now sort of living in this horrible jaded world that we now live in where to catch a predator exists and there's like four seasons of it. Right. Just seems weird. Yeah. We're bringing our, we're bringing our, uh, our filth to bear. Yeah. Our luggage. Yeah. I mean, it also does not help that we've already watched Blank Check where there is a there's an explicit sexual relationship between yeah, a 12 year old and a, kind of thing going on. Yeah. So now it's just hard not to see. So they decide to save Willie. They decide to free Willie. I guess I should say. They say the name <laughs> of the movie. We have to free Willie. In the movie. 
Well, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the exciting part. That's when you know it's really getting going. <laughs> that last 20 minutes. And that, and, and this, this sort of catalyst event is what causes all the main protagonist players to come together, uh, including the, the Greenbergs or whatever their name was. <laughs> Greenwoods? Greenwoods. Uh, to, to help Jesse get this whale back into the ocean. Yeah, and you know it's a fun little scene. They have to—they're running. They drive the truck into the ocean because there was no, I, which actually makes sense. You couldn't lift the whale off the truck. No, they and, did what they—they they did what yeah, they had to do. Totally, no, totally makes get sense. Get the whale in the water. Um, and then you know there's a little bit of a harrowing moment where the the fishing ships put the nets down, and you think the whale's going to be trapped again, but the whale's too smart to run into the nets. And so then, you know, then we, that's when we get to the climactic jumping scene, which is really all I cared about. That's the only, like, this movie is two hours long, and the only thing I cared about was seeing the whale jump over the rocks. It was a bit long. <laughs> the movie runs a little long. If you're... If you have kids, I feel like it's like also like a little long. I can't imagine like a seven-year-old sitting through this movie. But I kind of contentedly watched this in full. I remember. That's so weird. I just loved the whale. I loved the whale. The, the <laughs> whale. Also, okay, um, the whale, for anyone wondering, is like 90% animatronic. Yeah, yeah. There's those sort of like long shots where it just can't not be a real whale, and that's when it's a, that's when it's Keiko. Mm-hmm. But mostly, yeah, mostly it's an animatronic whale. Right. Which and to to the movie's credit, it's like a very good animatronic whale. It it came out the same year as Jurassic Park, as we said. So you really had to be, you know, same oh. studio maybe. I don't think same studio, but I mean, you had to be kind of up on. I feel like on your animatronics that year. It was if it, you were gonna be. If you're going to be a big player. Yeah. <laughs> which Free Willy, like, in some, it's it's called a, it, it says it has a cult following, which it feels so, ma- I guess now three, four movies later. Right. It's, it feels silly to say, but at first I guess it had a kind of like small, dedicated fan base. Who the fuck was Me? a dedicated, okay, I'm, s- <laughs> I'm right here. I'm sorry, Matt, I don't mean to, to make your opinions less valued. You are devaluing my lived experience, which any relationship counselor would say <laughs> is a very bad thing. Thank God we're not in one of those. It would be horrible. It would be terrible. <laughs> Our friends would delight in it. Yeah. Schadenfreude rears its ugly head again. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Can we just can we just talk about the only good part about this movie? I, I disagree, but sure. The Michael, this is Michael Jackson. Well, come on. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> What? So he jumps over the... Fine, okay. Kendra's been chomping at the bit to talk about this. We all know the Michael Jackson thing's coming. It's the best part of the movie. He did. He brought his immense talent to this middle-of-the-road film that I love. These people were blessed that Michael Jackson even deigned to, like, put a pinky finger on this movie. Oh, my goodness. Why do you think Michael Jackson chose to do this movie? Because there was a 12-year-old boy involved. (laughs) (laughs) Tee up and knocked out of the park. There you have it, folks. No, okay. So Willie improbably and against all laws of physics jumps over this wall, and then there's a shitty CGI. I didn't remember how shitty the CGI it was, was. It reminded me of um, my sort of disillusionment. Did you ever see Coneheads, the movie Coneheads? Uh, I saw the trailer. When the young teen girl Conehead eats a hoagie in like one bite. No. 
No. I remember that being very funny and realistic, and then it turned out to be, like, a shitty, like, CGI sandwich that, like, pinches small and, like... Yeah, so it's kind of a little lame when he lands in the water. Oh, yeah. But yeah. then when he's playing with his family, cut to a montage of whales breaching the surface and playfully mm-hmm. swimming, and now we can talk about... I guess you just really have to like whales to like them. Like, I think <laughs> that's what I'm missing. Maybe, like, I, I just don't like whales that much. If you... I mean, like, look in your heart, and do you... Is that true? Do you not care about whales? Do you I not want to save the whales? I was never into that. Were you a nuke the whales person? Well, no, I'm, I don't <laughs> want to. No, I am not trying to like nuke whales. But remember when like National Geographic would send you that adopt an animal shit? Yeah. Yeah. I never adopted a whale. I always adopted like a wolf. Sure. Something furry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't give a shit. Pretty about... norm, norm core of you. Pretty mainstream. Adopt a wolf, adopt a bear, whatever. No, well, I don't think there were any bears available. And I wouldn't, it, the only bear that would have been available would have been a panda, and I don't give a shit about pandas either. Dude, that's a hot take, and I'm, I'm that's crazy, <laughs> right, everybody? I want a flood of emails saying that she's horrible. She okay. needs to read her Peter Singer. Guys, it's an animal that doesn't want to fuck. Yeah, that's called a voluntary celibate, and it's the most powerful being in the planet. <laughs> Ask any MGTOW men's rights activist you want. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, I just, yeah, the whale, the whales don't do it for me in the way, like, I'm trying to think of a 90s kids movie about animals that I, like, really, really like. And I can't think of one. Um... Oh boy, I don't know either, so we should stop. Yeah, okay, anyway, yeah, so, but the Michael Jackson song really makes the whales better, because it's Michael Jackson, and I actually, this is my, I don't want to say it's my favorite Michael Jackson song, but I actually, like, even- This is top five, for me at least. It's top three. Oh, it's top yeah, three Yeah, yeah, okay, me. I'll say that as well. Yeah, and like, and, and I know that this is like a ridiculous opinion that no one is going to agree with, but this may be the most epic Michael Jackson song. Dude, fucking yes. I, I okay. I now I agree. Now we're okay. on the same page. All right. This song, so epic. So epic. So spiritual. <laughs> like filled with black gospelness that this movie didn't deserve. Here's my this. This is actually something that made me laugh when I was thinking about it though. <laughs> they people are making free willy. They're like approach Michael Jackson. They're like we need like a good feel good song to sort of cap this movie. Um, and you're you're a pop star at the height of his his powers. Yes. Michael Jackson says yes because yes. of the carrot on a stick that is a twelve year old boy. <laughs> uh, he unfair. Uh, <laughs> he goes on to make a, a a song that has very little to do, <laughs> nothing to do with the movie, with the film, and a lot to do with him just exercising such personal, <laughs> profound spiritual demons that like it's just a thing unto itself. It's so strong the song. It's I love this song. <laughs> Like, there's, like, the part... Remember? Okay, so he gets through the whole thing, but I forgot at the very end of the song, he's, like, just whispering shit and almost in tears. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just like, will you be there? Yeah. During my trials and my tribulations. Had he been sued yet? Like, had the first trial Uh, happened? Check. Look it up. Okay, we're going to check. Sorry, we're just going to really check really quickly. Um, Yeah, this song has uh, almost... 
This song says a lot about Michael Jackson, probably at the time. And, and nothing about whales. Nothing about <laughs> whales. But the, the, it's powerful for reasons that, like, he exercised personal shit. Yeah. Um, so let's see. This movie would have come out in 90. It did come out in 93. Yeah, 93. Let's see here. We're just um, looking at some MJ facts. Yeah, we're just trying to see. Also, can you believe Janet Jackson's fucking, she's 50 years old. She's pregnant. We don't, I, we don't know if she is pregnant. I think there are some thoughts that it might be a surrogate. But, but it's her business. It's her business. Is she not the one with the big belly? Does she have a, a big belly? Well, guys, it's the top story, so look it up. Oh, okay. Not to also timestamp our shit again. Okay, so the, yeah, the summer of 93, Jackson was accused of child sexual abuse by a 13-year-old boy named Jordan Chandler. So, but you lines up! <laughs> a man must be faithful <laughs> And what would not able to the death, but I'm only human. That's a good song. It's so a good. Great song. Um, but I want to know what he was. I'm sorry. He um, probably just sang that during his arraignment. <laughs> Wait, I don't think there was an arraignment for the 93 accusation. I feel like he settled on that one. Right? Probably, but he's probably like, I'll defend myself. And then he sang that song in full. And the judge, <laughs> through his tears, was like, you may leave. <laughs> I think you just described like one of those weird asides in Family Guy. Uh, um, well, Family Guy, are you still on TV? Hire me. <laughs> it's definitely still on television. That show will be on television until we die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's Free Willy. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying to look up what Michael Jackson... Whispers, whispers tearfully at oh, the wait. end. Say You'll Be There is a Spice Girl song, not a Michael Jackson song. <laughs> I liked this movie a lot. I like um, these sort of like emotional animal and alienated child kind of stories. I really highly recommend the movie Kess uh, over this film, but I, I do like this movie a lot. Okay, let's see what he says. Um, so at the end, he says, this is all spoken, not sung. In our darkest hour, in my deepest despair, will, will you, you still, still care? <laughs> will you be there? In my trials? In my tribulations? Through our doubts and frustrations? In my violence? In my turbulence? Through my fear and my confessions? In my anguish and my pain? Through my jo- holy fuck, through my <laughs> joy and my sorrow, in the promise of another tomorrow, I'll never let you part, for you're always in my heart. XOXO. MJ. <laughs> it's not about whales, Michael. It's not about it's not, the movie. The song is. There is nothing in this aside from a reference to the River Jordan in the first line of the song. There is literally nothing in this song that could have anything to do with orcas. And you couldn't have chosen a more distant body of water from the relevant bodies of water. Fair. Also, can the River Jordan, is that like deep enough to hold a whale? I, he's talking about himself, the whole song. But no, I'm this skinny yeah. ass man. Yeah, it can yeah. hold him. It can't hold. No, it's not about whales. No, not at all. My adult self gives this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, let's back it up. Let's back it up. Um... Sorry, that was just a long aside of things. It was funny. Yeah. Okay, Matt thinks we were funny. I will, I'm pretty I'll, pleased with ourselves. Uh, I'm going to leave that up to you guys. Um, <laughs> Please rate and subscribe. <laughs> 
Yes, if you go to iTunes and subscribe, that helps us. Yeah, Help. it really, it would be great. It really fucking. Can you speak good. into the mic? Matt has lost all. It would be great if you could. I'm. I'm losing that. I am losing him. I am cool. I'm like Edward R. Murrow, drunk, and I'm just telling, laying down the truth. The day Matt starts smoking during this podcast is the day I like hurl him out the window next to that he's sitting next to. Um. So, we know that Matt loved this movie as a child. I love this movie as a child. It was very comforting. I felt very nice watching it. Uh, as an adult, um, I know I went to my voice went weird. Um, as an adult, I still kind of like this movie. I understand always that there's a nostalgia taint to that. You know, like you can't remove how you felt as a child. But I think this is a solid movie. I think it has good. Um, a good message sort of about, I don't know, loving animals and stuff. Can I, uh, can I just launch on a, a, a small thing for a minute? Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. No, sorry. Never mind. What, I'm just saying this is one of like four ways in which we sort of um, atone with our relationship with nature. We are the like, we are the deliverer of the creatures we've enslaved. And that's one thing. Sort of like Revenant style, we are like just fucked up by nature because we deserve it or like a natural disaster movie there's the ones where we're like masters of nature and we sort of we conquer it and we're the rightful stewards of it um yeah and those are like the like kind of various ways in which nature tends to be represented in movies so where does dunstan checks in fit into that (laughs) (laughs) joyful cohabitation with nature which i forgot to mention operation dumbo drop uh, uh, it feels like mastery. Okay. Um, Andre? What's your feelings about the movie? <laughs> um, I don't, I, listen, I just, I, this movie was not offensive. This movie, or at least, oh, hold on. we discussed Randolph. I don't know if the movie was offensive to certain people or not. Y'all should write in and tell us. Um, but overall, it just didn't elicit enough emotion in me to really make me care about it. Um, so while it wasn't definitely not anywhere near the worst movie that we've ever watched, I also just found it boring and didn't really care for it. I didn't really find it to be very interestingly directed. Um, not that many children's movies are, but this just really had a lack of style um, and a lack, to, a lack of interesting actors and characters. Um that kind of bothered me. I mean, even at least a movie like Blank Check, you had like some pretty standout personalities yeah. throughout the thing. Where this one, no one really gave that weird standout performance of like a meatloaf in Spice World. I don't know. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So it just kind of fell flat for me. And I waited the entire movie to hear the Michael jo- Jackson song play as the whale jumped over the goddamn rocks. And only to find out that I've been lied to since 1993. The Michael Jackson song does not play as the whale jumps over the rocks. And so I just left feeling very empty and lied to inside. And so it's fine. It's a fine movie. I really hope we don't have to watch numbers two and three. I feel like uh, we decide and we just shouldn't. Yeah. I'd like to say uh, a line that stuck out to me, maybe no one else, was it's, also... Guys, this is written down on an envelope. <laughs> When Willie's about to, this is this is like this goes to show like the emotional heights that this this movie gets to. Um, 
Lori Petty's character says, you ever seen him jump that high before he's about to go over the rocks? And then Randolph says, amazing line, uh, things can happen. (laughs) And that's about how emotionally intense this movie gets. Yeah, I mean, a little... Native mysticism. And he whispers some shit in his native language. Yeah. And maybe causes Willie to be able to jump that high through levitation Native American magic? I think so. I think that's what it was. That's pretty sick, guys. Uh, This movie was not great. Um, It's fine. Don't listen to her. Okay. I think we're going to have to... You know what? Next week, we just need to make sure that we watch something real good. It's like a thin but nutritive soup. We're going to, like, watch Space Jam next week or something. Don't think about that. Think about Free Willy. Peace out.